Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Hey there, Life Uncloseted listeners. It's time once again for Life Uncloseted, the podcast where we come to dump our excuses, face our fears, and live our unapologetic lives out of whatever closets that we have in our life that are keeping us from doing being who we should be. And excited to have you here. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. And before we dive in, just a quick reminder that if you're struggling to live that unapologetic life, hop on over to rickclemens.com or go to lifeuncloseted.com. You'll find an opt-in there where you can get a little bit of a guide for starting to live your life uncloseted. And part of what I have struggled with for many, many, many years, and those of you who know me, who've been on some of our chats that we do on Zoom, or maybe you've seen me speak or wherever you might've ran into me. Um, no, I don't, I don't hide out in the dark closets and bars and stuff like that, but you may have noticed I'm kind of a big guy. And one of the things that I have been blessed and challenged with through my whole entire life is the battle of the bulge. And there have been times where I'm like, this sucks. And then there's times like, just love yourself, buddy. Just love yourself. And I've learned to do both. I've learned to walk through the challenges and I've learned to love myself. In fact, I'm going to just tell you a little secret. As soon as we get done recording this podcast, I think I'm going to go swim some laps or ride my bike or something like that. But part of it is getting you to that place where you don't hate the diet, where you don't hate your body, where you have an awakening and you come out of the closet of being the serial dieter and the serial hater of your own body. I felt like this would be a really poignant conversation to have because we've all been hanging out this year in COVID, probably eating and drinking more than we need to, being holed up in places in our lives that we don't need to. And I got introduced to today's guest. His name is Tyler. And he got introduced to me by another guest who was on not long ago, Brian Faldudo. And I was so glad that Brian bought, brought Tyler to me because I think what Tyler's doing, and again, his name is Tyler Hall, is really beautiful in helping people step into themselves, their body, and away from this, everything's a diet, 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 and just really learning how to lose weight their way and be content with their own bodies. So I know I gave you a lot of buildup, but I would love to invite Tyler into the studio now to start sharing why he got where he did, what he's doing and why this has become his lifelong work. So Tyler, welcome to the podcast, buddy. Thank you, Rick. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So um, one of the things that I know from the little bit of stuff that I've looked at on you and, and your bios and the little bit of conversations we've had is this is something brand new for you as far as a business, but what you're working with in your business isn't something new for you. This challenge of diet and exercise and weight loss and everything kind of mimics what I shared about myself. Isn't that correct? Oh, absolutely. This is, I'm a new business owner, but I have struggled my entire life with body image issues, with feeling comfortable in my own skin, with 
you know, chronic dieting and the yo-yo dieting and weight going up and down and all of that good stuff that comes with all of that. So, you know, it, it took me a, several years to kind of figure out what my passion was. And it was interesting because my passion was always the one thing that I hated, which was my body. And it was the diets and the exercising and all of those kind of things. And um, so I think I was kind of blind to that, but you know, now it's become my passion and it's what I love to do. I love that you said my passion is my body. And sometimes I think all of us who have battled this battle of the bulge, and even as I was thinking about, okay, am I going to go bike ride today? Or am I going to go swim? Um, there's a time that like, God, I would have said, okay, you've got to go swim or you've got to go bike ride. And I don't got to do anything. I get to. But when I started changing my the words I use with myself and started saying, hey, you get to go take care of your body. You get to go do this to make you sleep better. You get to go do this because you love being outside. Everything started to change because it wasn't just about, oh, God, I got to go do this. So how did you start to handle, because I'm sure there was something similar, like how did you start to realize this forcing and this, oh my gosh, this is, I have to do this or else. How did you start to navigate that to get to the place where you're more, I'm really passionate about my body now? Yeah, that's a great question. For me, it, it actually started more with the dieting. Uh, growing up, you know, being the fat kid, living in that label, it was always something that, you know, in order for me to let go of that identity of being the fat kid, I thought, oh, I have to diet. I have to, you know, lose the weight. I have to be a, you know, a size 32 waist or, or whatever it was that I was trying to go after. And, you know, just about four years ago when I was living in Chicago and I was kind of going through the meat of what I call my personal transformation, uh, I woke up one day and I said, you know what, I don't have to diet. I don't have to exercise. I don't have to do these things because society or other people are telling me to do this. I get to do these things because I want to do them. And it was just kind of like this weird kind of aha moment of like, we get to do this for ourselves, not right. to please other people. And it was that awareness that kind of launched everything. I think that is a huge awareness. And I'm so glad you share that because that was something I already kind of alluded to that, but it was the realization that I get to do this for me. And even, even ironically, uh, my kids gave me like an Amazon gift card for my birthday this year. And, and I've really, during COVID, I've really been swimming a whole lot. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to buy myself a nice new pair of Speedos. And I don't wear like this, the Speedo brief. I wear like a shortcut thing. And I'm like, yeah, but, I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror in my current one. I'm like, no, maybe you just need some board shorts. I'm like, why? <laughs> this is what you feel good in. And I know I, I feel better swimming in like the shortcut speedo than I do a pair of board shorts. And that was a moment I caught myself saying, you're doing this for you, Rick. You're not doing it for everybody else going to see you get in the pool. And then I'm like, of course, that day when I place the order, I get to the pool and I'm like, looking around, I'm like, well, I'm not the only 50 some year old guy that's walking around in a speedo that probably <laughs> some people are saying he shouldn't be walking around in that, but I was doing it for me. 
Yeah. And I think these are, this is the power of the kind of stuff you're talking about, why we should do this. Yeah. There's so much power in that. There's so much personal energy and, and connection with your body and, and your being when you like access that inner space, that inner kind of peace with this is who I am. This is my body. I'm doing this for me and nobody else. And, mm -hmm. and it just becomes so much freedom because yeah. you're, you're no longer trying to please anybody else. You're doing things because you want to do them. Yeah. And it's like, it's like selfish, but it's the perfect kind of selfish because when you're the best version of yourself, you get to then be the best version for everybody around you. I love it's the perfect kind of selfish. That's a great line. Great line. And, it, and the thing is, is it's not really being selfish. It's about being self-loving, about being self-caring. It's about doing this. And because of the society we live in, and we, we've all heard this. I mean, this isn't anything new that Ty and I are really talking about right now. But I, I just seems to perpetuate and perpetuate and perpetuate this. Like, you got to look like this and you got to wear this and you got to da 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 and da 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 You know, I even caught myself like noticing a friend of mine on Instagram and they posted a photo of themselves in a swimsuit. And immediately I jumped to, in my head, even though I love this person dearly, I'm like, you really shouldn't. And I'm like, stop it. <laughs> stop <laughs> it, stop it, stop it. This is bullshit. Somebody probably said that about you and you'd be really pissed off, right? Yeah. And I think it's so interesting for us to understand we're a part of this perpetual crazy machine as much as anybody else in society until until we realize we don't have to be that way but it starts with ourselves yeah I, it, and it's all your example that you just gave is a perfect example because you know i even catch myself doing the same thing i'll, I'll make like a quick judgment of like ooh, maybe she shouldn't be wearing those pants or right. you know maybe that top's not the right top for them or or whatever and then i have to catch myself and i have to go no tyler it's their life. It's their body. If they feel comfortable wearing that, praise them for that. And all that is, is just having the self-awareness. Uh, so it's not only practicing self-awareness like with your own body, but it's also practicing, practicing self-awareness with others and being aware of like the judgments that you hold towards others. And, and I found that with those judgments, it's typically mirroring back to, to judgments that you have on yourself. Absolutely. Um, and there's this, this, there's this like internal struggle that, you know, you look at somebody and you go, Oh, I don't know why they're wearing that, that shirt or those pants. They look uncomfortable. And I found that it was always because I would have been too uncomfortable to wear those pants mm -hmm. or to wear that type of mm -hmm. shirt or something like that. Yep. So it's usually comes right back to you. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. I've had this ongoing like dialogue for probably the last year um, with my husband around the pursuit of t-shirts because I have the hardest time finding like casual t-shirts to wear. I don't like them tight, but I don't like them like, overly huge and hanging on me i'm very very particular and when i find a t-shirt i really like then it's like okay i gotta go buy them up buy them up buy them up right and so i have not found any t-shirts in a while and yet it's so interesting to hear and he not that he's judging me i'm not saying he judges 
he's, he's like, well, that's just the style. I'm like, no, the style is not for it to be so short that my belly's showing underneath, you know? And it's not that my belly sticks out so far that it's like pulling the t-shirt up. It's just, I'm a tall guy. I, I have a long frame. So it is really an interesting space to play in, but it's that self judgment. I keep putting on myself around, well, I don't look good like that, but yet he is right. The style right now is currently t-shirts kind of hit just below the waist. I don't like that. That doesn't work for me. I need a little bit of length. I keep threatening like, I'm just going to fucking start my own t-shirt company for guys just like me because there's just a certain way that they fit. But I also know that that stems from something that way back in my past, which is kind of getting way back at this point, in high school, I was made fun of because, oh, look, you can see the fat rolls under his t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And even in high school, I wasn't like tubby, tubby fat. I was more chubby, but I was never the guy that was like, I, I mean, I remember I went to a private high school, so I didn't, I didn't live in the dorms, but I went to a school that had dorms and like PE, I was always changing in the gym bathroom. We didn't have locker rooms because that wasn't what our, our school didn't compete in sports and stuff like that with other schools. So we didn't even have like locker rooms. We just had like, there was a bathroom in the gymnasium or you could go change at the dorms. I would never go change in the dorms because I didn't want anybody to see me. And then like, I'd always be freaking out. Like I'm changing in the bathroom. What if somebody comes in? But it was always when I put the t-shirt on to go out for, you know, PE that I would start to feel that. And it wasn't until about three months ago, that little thought hit me and how much that thought still has a seed in my memory every time I try to find t-shirts. Oh yeah. I, I think, I mean, you hit it right on, on, on the nail with that, because for me, for me, my area of feeling uncomfortable in my body or in my skin was what I call my man boobs. Yep. You know, right there with you. you. Yep. Right there, you know, exactly what I'm talking about. And in specifically in middle school and high school, when uh, gym class came around, it was always, it was always getting comments like, oh, you should just go wear a sports bra or the girls dressing or the girls locker room is on the other side or, you know, bro, you need to cover those things up. And and like growing up, it, it, it became so bad that like people were grabbing at them and like scooping. If you're familiar with what scooping is, it's they would run up and kind of like take their hands and like cup your man boobs and yell scoop. Yeah. And yeah. So for me, like clothes specifically, shirts, the same as as with you, it was always, I would always try to find looser fitting, like attractive clothes. So my man boobs weren't as exposed. And come summertime, you know, I was not out shirtless because it was my biggest insecurity. And, you know, I, I, I just kind of, started to to realize that it's like okay every person has a unique body every every body is a unique build and every skin is a different skin and you know when you kind of let go of of what how society deems as like the perfect body you open yourself up to feeling finally okay in your own skin because you just let go of all of that you know, insecurity or those outside pressures to try to fit in and be the perfect body type and the perfect figure. 
there is no perfect anything. No. <laughs> even though even though society and we all like, oh, she's so perfect or he's so perfect. You know, I catch myself if I'm and it's rare that I actually use that word. Um, but it is a it's such an interesting space to play in because I know in my own mind there is no perfect, right? Yeah. But we're so surrounded by all of this that it's hard to get away from it sometimes. You know, it's hard to really get from that space and go, okay, there is just what it is. But I love what you just said, Tyler, about everybody is their own unique person. And it's interesting because I think all of us as humans kind of get that, but yet we don't. Yeah. Because suddenly, well, you're, own, you're your own person, but even as your own person, you should look like this. And it's kind of like being gay. It's, I remember when I came out, you know, late in life, all this sort of stuff. And I started getting all that. Well, here's how you do gay. I'm like, well, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't do gay that way. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's a gene DNA issue here because I, I don't do gay that way. But it's, it's also that interesting piece where um, everybody just tries to put this stuff on each other. And I'm raising my hand, folks. I'm guilty of it too. But there is no perfect. There is no, this is the way. It's just look at ourselves, own that we're unique. And some people, you know, honestly, the weight issues that some people have, some people can't seem to do anything about it, period. Mm -hmm. And you need to yeah. embrace that. You know, I was watching, I'm trying to think what the show was that I was watching. Oh, there was some show. Uh, it's. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was about tantric sex and stuff last night. And it was really fascinating. And then this couple came on and the wife was nice looking, slender kind of gal. And the guy was nice looking, but he was a big man. I'm talking big man. I'm sure he was 400 pounds at least. Mm -hmm. And immediately my judgment went to, why are you with him? And then I thought, Oh, wow, Rick, I can't believe you did that. Yeah. And I, and I knew you and I were going to be having this conversation this morning. And so it's always interesting because every time I get ready to have these conversations, something shows up and I'm like, oh, well, this is something you can bring up in the, you know, the whole <laughs> conversation. So when you started really dialing into this, Tyler, and you started figuring this out, you said it's been a couple of years. What was the most significant thing that you caught yourself seeing that you're like, I need to stop this if I'm ever going to be able to really, truly love myself. For me, uh, it was, for me, it was judging like food and judging diets. And, uh, you know, I, I now, I now consider myself to be an anti-diet person. Uh, I'm all for intuitive eating, mindful eating, just practicing general awareness and an understanding of what your body wants in that moment and just going out and eating those kind of things. Uh, but for me, it was, it was judging foods and it was judging even like what you were saying, even what other people were eating because I catch myself and still to this day, cause we're all humans. I, I catch myself all the time. I'm like, I'm like, I don't understand why you're eating that. Like, you know, that's not healthy foods, but it's like, okay, who am I to judge, you know, what you deem as healthy and versus what I deem as healthy. And, and you're, 
and I'll give you a specific example. One of my best friends, she is uh, currently getting ready to compete in uh, a weightlifting competition. Mm -hmm. So she's training like an athlete and she's training like she's carb cycling. She's like going days without eating any carbs. And then she's going all day just eating nothing but like pasta and bread and all. And it, and for a normal human who's not competing in weightlifting competitions, that's not the healthiest thing to put your body through. But for her, she's training her specific body to do one specific thing. And I just had this awareness like last weekend actually. And I was like, oh, I finally get it. Like you're going down this path. I'm going down this mm -hmm. path. Somebody else is going down this path. There yep. is no one way path to success and to mm -hmm. eating and to, you know, being healthy and to being, you know, fit and all of these kind of diet industry views and things mm -hmm. like that. So for me, it started with the awareness of I need to stop judging food mm. because food is simply just food. There is yes. no bad food. There is no good food. Food is literally just food. It's a calorie. It's an energy that we put into our bodies and that's it. I think it's really important to realize what you just said. It's an mm -hmm. energy. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a means to keeping our bodies alive. And that's not how we've all been. Okay, I'm generalizing here, folks. So some of you probably are like, yeah, screw you, Rick. That's not how I was raised. But I think a <laughs> lot of us, because food is such a social mechanism in our lives, that we eat to be social. We also eat to be emotional. All these different things. And the most successful ways I have found is to just treat food as it's part of my daily routine. It's as much a part of my routine as, you know, going to the restroom, taking a shower, brushing my teeth. When eating becomes part of the daily routine and I'm doing this to sustain myself, I look at things a lot differently. Mm -hmm. So even last night and, you know, I know part of my weight gain in the last couple of months has just been, I'm, I'm working a lot of hours and I'm not getting the breaks that I need. And so every once in a while, you know, I'm like, I just want to like, just binge on some sweets. Right. Yeah. And last night I, I didn't have any wine and I didn't have any sweets. And of course my husband's looking at me like, who are you? Where did my husband go? Right. <laughs> and not that like, this is what I do every night, but there's always a little bit of a sweet, like, even if it's just like something small and that we had eaten a really healthy dinner, like just really good, like stir fry with veggies and some meat and all that sort of stuff. And I didn't eat all day yesterday, which was part of the problem. That's that I know is something, a habit I have to break is I can get going. Like even now as we're recording this, I, I haven't had anything but coffee so far. And then I'm like, well, then I'm going to go swim. And then, okay, well, then by the time I do all that, it's going to be one o'clock in the afternoon here in California. I still won't have eaten. But when I realize I need to look at, or not need to, I can look at food as, it's just part of fuel in the tank. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean I can't go enjoy what I'm fueling the tank with. But sometimes we get so like, boom, 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 let's get going. We fuel, in fact, I'm sitting here staring at a nice, healthy protein bar on my desk going, okay, I should have eaten that about an hour ago at this point. But we get in this place where food becomes all these other things. And then we wonder why we battle the bulge. 
it's so interesting. I want to I want to take a step back and point out what you said of, you know, viewing food as just part of your routine and it's energy that that fuels the tank. I've always said, and once I became more of a mindful, intuitive eater, for me, I I just see food as being fuel. Mm -hmm. And for me, sometimes fuel is healthy stir fry with lots of veggies, or sometimes fuel is a nice piece of chocolate cake and some ice cream, you know? And, And when you naturally just let your body decide, one, when it's hungry, then to what it's hungry for and going out and fulfilling, you know, the when and the what it, it, it becomes so simple to eat. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I think we, as a, as a society, we overcomplicate dieting and we over, we overcomplicate food and nutrition and all of these kind of things. And, you know, most of us are not trying to be power lifters like my friend is. Right. Most of us, we're just getting up, we're living our normal lives, where some some of us are exercising, some of us are not, that's okay, it's your life, you know, and however you want to live it, live it. But, you know, food does not have to be this complex, you know, chemical equation of, you know, all of these kind of things. It's just literally what we get to enjoy on a daily basis that becomes part of our life and and, you know all of that fun stuff. So, so what have you seen be different for you now? My energy is different now. Um, my satisfaction with myself and my body, um, and the okayness that I feel, um, waking up every day going, okay, I'm just going to listen to my body and eat what I want to eat and move how I want to move today. And, you know, it's like, there's a freedom that comes with, mindful and intuitive eating. And that is what, you know, one of my clients, she just recently told me this, she's 62 and she just completed my 90 day program and we're, we're wrapping up and she goes, she goes, you know, for the first time in my life, I'm able to actually look at myself and say, I love you to myself in the mirror. And then I also no longer fear food. And I just thought it was for a half a second, I took a step back and I said, how ridiculous is it that people literally fear food? Mm-hmm. That it's something that people are afraid to indulge in. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it, it it's all come down to like just having freedom and having just this like bliss and energy to kind of just be me and be unapologetically me. Ties right into uncloseted and my brand and everything <laughs> just because it is about... But, but what you just brought up too is that giving yourself permission. Now, I'm not advocating, okay, give yourself permission to eat cake and ice cream every day, okay? Yeah. That's probably not the best way to go at this. But also giving yourself permission to indulge. Yeah. You know, a friend of ours is opening a bakery and um, so he's been bringing us lots of stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, time out. Uh, I love it, but you know, time out. But there are times that like the other night he brought some stuff over. And there was like, he has these brown butter cookies that are amazing. And then he had, he knew I love coconut macaroons. And then his partner or ex-partner is also involved in the business. And he made some um, truffles and it was like staring at this temptation 
And I thought, wait, I've done pretty good today. I swam, I even, I swam and I walked and I ate really healthy throughout the day. And I gave myself permission to have the cookie and the truffle. And it was so freeing, as you said, to just be in that moment with myself. And by the time I got to, okay, the cookie was like more than enough. And I'm like, okay, man, that truffle looks really good. And I still had some wine that I was drinking. I'm like, the truffle will be really good with the wine. And then I'm going to call it quits. I could have still eaten the coconut macaroon too, but I didn't. I was like, <laughs> eh, no, I'm, I'm there, you know? And I believe this is when we give ourselves permission. And there's a book, I can't think of the name of it right now that I read years ago about this whole concept of being in relationship with food. When we realize we're in relationship with food as much as we're in relationship with people and we're in relationship with food in the same way we're in relationship. If you have a belief in a God, you're in relationship with food in the same way that you are in relationship with your own inner thoughts. Most of the relationship we have with food is in our own head. And most of the relationship we have with food is when we're not in our own head when we can blindly sit and eat and eat and eat and we're not even thinking about what we're eating. And I think these are the important pieces that Tyler you're bringing forward in, in the work that you're doing. So yeah. would you say that most of the people that you're, you're, you know, and I realize you're just getting your business going, is there a, a trend to the kind of people you brought up one, you know, client that's 67 years old, but is there like a commonality or is it mostly that people are like, I'm just done and I don't know what else to do. It, it's it's usually the the that second I'm just done. Uh, it's typically the people who have been have tried diet after diet after diet after diet, and they just go. There has to be another way to live life and be in relationship with food, like you were talking about. And so it's, it's really, you know, it's, it's really those, those people who are just looking for something else, something they're looking for a way to improve their relationship with their food, with their bodies, with their mindset. And, and the really cool thing about what I do and, and, and what my, my program is kind of all designed about is, is creating balance and creating, you know, kind of a a cohesive relationship with food, with yourself and with your mindset, because people who are coming from a limiting diet mentality, because when you really think about the diet mentality, it's all about deprivation. It's all about limiting what you can and cannot have. It's a limiting mindset. And so people who are, are coming to me, are realizing that you know they're not just ditching the diets they're ditching the limiting mindsets that that have been holding them back for so many years um, so it's it's all about um, it's all about f- having the freedom to just be yourself and with that freedom comes like endless possibilities it's so interesting that you brought this up and I hadn't thought about this in quite a while. Uh, I have several friends who are health coaches. And so I, you know, they all weigh in on things about me and my health. And one of my friends said something a couple of years ago. If you really think about the word diet, the first three letters are die. Mm-hmm. It's like you're killing something. 
mm-hmm. you might now you might be killing yourself if you're not you know if you're not eating the right kind of diet then you're killing yourself and as her and i were talking through this one day and i was kind of helping her with her business because she was like just getting started and everything and i said i just don't know why people don't just call it redesigning their health and of course as soon as i said it she's like okay i think you just you help me just figure out what i do I help people redesign their health and their Mm -hmm. relationship with food. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's really powerful because it's so much more positive. Redesign, re-engineer, redirect your energies, whatever it is. And I hope whoever is listening that is hoping to uncloset themselves from I'm in the dieting hamster wheel. I'm in the losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight, you know, merry-go-round, whatever it is that part of what Tyler's bringing to the world and, and what many health and nutrition coaches do is they're here to help you redesign and rethink what you believe to be true about food and diets and exercise. Yeah. That's the biggest piece of it. You gave me chills just now because my signature system that I designed my program around, it's called the ditch it system and ditch is an acronym and the D in ditch is for design. Hmm. So it, it literally is designing, you know, what a happy, healthy life looks for you and what that means to you. And, you know, with that own kind of personal design, we then implement that into your life. And, you know, I, I teach and I practice mindful eating and I, and I teach that with my clients and, you know, that comes freedom and and all of those good things. And so, you know, the first step of my program is to, is to design. Mm -hmm. And it, so it was, it was amazing that you said that. So why don't you kind of walk us real quick through the rest of it real quick, because I think it'd help people understand how you go through it. So what's the rest of the acronym stand for? Yeah. So D is for design. I is for implement. Um, So that's implementing kind of the practice of, of mindful eating, intuitive eating, uh, kind of letting go of the uh, letting go of like the diet mentality, all of those kind of things. T is for tweak. So as we work through the program, we're going to try new things on. We're going to work with different things like meal timing, uh, you know, what you eat, things like that. We're going to listen to our bodies and then we'll adjust and tweak. Cure is kind of the transformational part of the program. Um, so I am a certified transformational coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I work with uh, transforming beliefs and identities. Um, so we go uh, through a deep dive of, you know, transformational work. And that's like the C, the cure. And then honing or H is all about just sharpening the new you and just kind of bringing out who this new you is and how you want to move forward after the program ends. And if somebody wanted to learn more about you and the work you're doing, where could they find you? Uh, They can find me online at uh, radicallytransformedcoaching.com. And then on Instagram, I'm at Tyler Transformed. Cool. What's the thing that if you could just encourage someone right now in this moment to like do for themselves, what's one last bit of wisdom you would encourage them to do around diet and exercise? Uh, I would just encourage them to not fear food and really just learn how to appreciate food for what it is and for how simple food can be. 
It's powerful. Actually it reminds me of a show. I was watching this show with Zach Efron. I can't remember the name of it, but he's like traveling around the world and going to all these different, you know, countries and stuff where he just discovers these beautiful people and ways of being in life. And he was in either Brazil or, or Peru recently. And this chef was just making these amazing foods from lots of different unusual things. And a friend of mine, we were talking about that show and he's like, yeah, but when they got to that restaurant, I mean, can you imagine that you're only eating those things from like the jungle? It's like, you know, some of those plates were like, I'd walk out of there still hungry. And I thought, yes, because there wasn't an appreciation for what food really is. Yeah. You know, I think too often we rush through our meals and, and again, folks, I'm raising my hand here. So I know that <laughs> for myself, but we don't really appreciate it. And honestly, going back to what happened last night with me and my husband at dinner and me not drinking, you know, the wine and all this sort of stuff. I was like, I think it's because hey, I was really tired, <laughs> but I ate my meal much slower than I normally did. And we all know this. Anybody who does this work knows if you just take time with your meal, you'll get filled up quicker and you won't have the hunger and all this sort of stuff. But it really proved the point because I was having a relationship with my food last night that was a healthy relationship versus let's rush through and then shove everything in and then go, oh my God, I'm so full. Yeah. So glad that you were here, Tyler. Thank you so much for sharing yourself and helping hopefully somebody somewhere listening to start to think about how they can uncloset themselves from the diet and exercise hamster wheel that they may be finding themselves on. So thanks again for being here, buddy. I so appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. It was a, it was a joy. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about and you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, We'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted. <laughs>